Welcome to Twin Flames with Kylie and Carlton. We're back for episode two. And I know we said we were going to do an episode every week, but we've both been pretty busy lately, so uh, we didn't get around to the next episode till now. Yeah, we lied. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I've just started a new job, so I've been pretty overwhelmed. So, yeah, we'll hopefully upload as much as we can, but no promises right now. So it's it'll be there when it is there. <laughs> We wanted to keep this low pressure, very natural, and be able to just uh, enjoy doing this and share that enjoyment with our audience. So, Yeah, so anyway, um, on today's second episode, we want to talk about, looking at my here, um, change. Because um, I've had a conversation with a friend of mine recently, and talking about basically, uh, she's quite a bit older than me, and she was talking about um, her high school friends reaching out to her and wanting to get together. And she declined the invitation because she looked back at that experience and thought, you know, at this point there was so much time that that person, those people who want to touch base with her and see how she is, really don't resemble who they ever were regardless of the relationship being positive or negative. So at that point, it's like, why even bother starting a new friendship with someone that you don't even know? Because, you know, change change is something that naturally happens. And I think a lot of people, especially with high school relationships, I've noticed some of mine tend to, you know, grab on to you and not want to let you go and not want you to change from the state of the person that you were when they once knew you. But change is a natural thing and you know to to go against that is or try and going against the grain with that is uh it, you're going to be disappointed yeah counterproductive and uh, i once heard someone say uh the only constant is change mm-hmm. and i think that's like a really great like overall uh statement about the universe and people and life everything everything is always so to like try and hold out against change it's almost like almost doing yourself a disservice Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah for sure like i I can think of you know relationships much when i was much younger relationships that i had had whether it's friends or you know partners and whatnot um and just growing up and becoming a different person where that relationship is no longer compatible but there's this upset and grief almost uh for the end of the relationship, but you can't stay the same person you always were. You you have to adapt and um, the people around you will fit you in that situation. I think it's very natural to look back and, and just be thankful for, for the people that were in your lives, but you don't always have to hold on to them if it's, you know, if it's no longer something that serves you or the person you are now. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, I too have been through that. I've been, I've had lots of different friendships and, you know, many of them have faded away over the years. And, you know, while there's part of me that's like, oh, you know, we had a lot of good times together. There's another part of me that's like, those friendships don't fit my life anymore. And it just wouldn't make sense to like, try to, you know, force something like that to stay when it just doesn't, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, and it's, it's really interesting, like, coming to that point where you realize that whether, you know, even, like, in jobs, you get to that point where, you're like, this is just not working anymore because you've changed. Your interests or your desires have changed, and if the situation isn't fitting, you know, you have to let it go. You can't force yourself to stay. And I see a lot of people, specifically with jobs, stick in it for a long, long time past when they should just because they're kind of afraid of change. But... Moving with change and being able to accept new environments, new situations is really important for your own development as well. You can't just stay stagnant. And I mean, you can, but you're going to notice a lot of change around you that's going to feel really uncomfortable if you're pushing yourself to stay in one spot, stay the same person day in and out. Yeah, I could like I could relate that to like a plant almost, you know, like uh, like change is sort of like it's kind of like a version of growth, right? Yeah. 
this static plant and all the plants around you are growing, eventually you're not going to get sunlight, nutrients, or water. You're going to just be choked out, basically, by your own lack of growth. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely know a lot of people like that who are like, why can't we go back to the way it was? Or why aren't you who you used to be? Like, well, you're never who you used to be. You know, that's the whole point of life is experience and grow and become, you know, better versions of yourself. And that's the only fair comparison is who were you the day before? You know, you can only compare yourself to yourself. So you should want to change for the better <laughs> and strive for accomplishment, you know? <laughs> yeah, if you're always striving to get better, I mean, the only, <laughs> the only person you have to be better than every day is the person you were yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. So like to try and hold on to who you were yesterday is like, I know you're just not going anywhere doing that. It's funny because most of my life I've been pretty resistant to change in a lot of ways. And you know, I look back over my lifetime now and I realize how much that uh, affected me in a negative way. And uh, now more recently, there are some massive changes coming in my life and they're all positive. And I'm really excited about that to finally be letting go of some of the things that kind of were tying me down or I was tying myself down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're, so you got moving uh, countries, <laughs> uh, most likely like when, when you're in Canada, a new job, a totally different environment um and new friend group and for me when we're both down there it's you know new environment new friends as well and just these totally different lives that have just suddenly started with our relationship but yeah like total 180 from where i was um i guess i can't really say six months ago anymore because it's really getting close to you know our timeline is getting close to that so i'd say but about a year ago now for well, from where I was at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, same here, like just so much has changed just in like the last three months, like my whole perspective on life and what I look forward to in the future and you know, the lifestyle I'm going to have is going to be so drastically different. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the change. It's like a breath of fresh air. And since, I've started making those steps toward those changes, all kinds of stuff. It's just kind of set in motion in my life. And you know, the signs are showing up every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really important, actually. I don't know if you want to go more into that, but um, when you're in the right direction, the universe gives you so many signs that are just undeniable. And this kind of almost eerie sense of, you know, everything being interwoven and connected in a really interesting way. Um, yeah, do you wanna <laughs> add anything to that? Uh, well, it's funny that kind of ties into something else we wanted to talk about in this episode was uh, about, um, you know, what, like when people say, you know, so many people over my life have said, you know, oh, when you find the right person, you know, and I'll, you know, I would be like, I'd like try to query them more about that. Like, well, you know, can you elaborate on that? And I just like, look, when you know, you'll know. And I, and I always thought, like, that's such a cop-out. Like, come on, you know, isn't there something you can say that will, like, enlighten me more or elaborate more on that? And, like, and now, having met you, uh, yeah, when you know, you know. And, uh, and when you do know, that opens your mind up to that change happening. And, uh, you know, it makes that whole process easier because suddenly you have a, a new perspective on things and new things you want out of life. And all those other pieces just start like flowing in and like the signs are there every day. Like yeah. today in every facet. Yeah, um, you know, for anyone listening who's ever wondered um, whether they know, I think another perspective to look at it is like, if it is, if it is right, you're not going to be wondering if it is right. Yeah, there, there won't be any question about it. Yeah. And that, that goes for any sort of situation too. Like if, if the job is right, you're not going to ask yourself, is this it? Is this the one, you know, is this the dream job? It just simply will be. And that goes for any sort of situation like that. So if you are asking yourself if it is right, it probably isn't. 
And, and that doesn't mean you won't have questions within yourself, like, is this really what I want? Because you may go through that as you start to evolve into that change. But what you'll find is instead of finding that resistance that you used to find about those things, all of a sudden you realize that you're open to those things. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> we got some other notes here that maybe you can go over um, some other ideas we're talking about today. Um, just uh, one, one point here, I think. Um, uh, toxic friendship and negativity. Did you want to get into that or? Yeah, we could go into that a little bit. Um, I'm not sure where to start with that topic, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's such like a simple topic, a simple topic uh, of discussion from a topic standpoint, but to like dive into it is very complex. I'm trying to figure out how to bridge that. Yeah. Um, well, I could, I could, I could jump in. Um, so. As I mentioned, I recently started a new job. Um, and of course, with the new job comes getting to know your new environment and all the people that you're gonna be working with. Um, and I guess with this job, there was a lot of, well, there's a lot of pre-established relationships. And um, I've, I, now that I'm stepping into it, I can see the toxicity pretty quickly in, in certain uh, people's way of uh, communicating with each other and um, without even there's this one person without even like ever having really interacted with her um, the first time that she saw me in a room uh, she snapped at me and basically belittled me and told me a number of times not to fuck something up because she lacked confidence in me I'm just sitting there being like, just like taking notes. This is like a new environment. It's like, hmm, a meeting. Okay, I'll sit in on this one. And I was like, you there. <laughs> like, I'm going to give you this job. And don't you fuck it up. Because if you fuck it up, you're going to be in lots of trouble. And I'm just sitting there being like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> do to you to make you think that I'm going to screw up. Like, yeah, it's just such right? a, what a weird approach, like super aggressive. Yeah. yeah, and it was funny because I'd been warned that, like, I'd heard from a number of people already that this person was, like, basically, like, a really difficult person to work with. A lot of people, a lot of clients refused to have communications with her, and I'm thinking, like, I'm just kind of, like, putting this in the back of my mind, being like, oh, it's probably not that bad. Um, you know, who who goes in, like, guns a-blazing, right? Like, who does that? Anyway, this person did, like, it's almost as if like, like such a toxic person to like see a totally fresh new environment, new opportunity, an opportunity to make a friend, an opportunity to have a good work relationship with someone. And you go in there and you're like, I'm gonna slap you across your damn face. And, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, what did I do that upset you so much already? <laughs> Isn't that just a great example of the wrong approach to start any relationship, whether it's a friendship, love relationship or a business relationship? When yeah. you want to develop allies, you're not making allies doing that. You're making enemies right off the bat. And now you got to fight that enemy the rest of your relationship, right? Like, yeah, because now, because now you're coming in, in that sense, now she has to work to gain my trust she could have had, loyalty. Um, you know, I'm obviously going to work fine with her. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be difficult back. But like, I'll never want to go for a drink with her. I'll never ask her how her day is. I don't care to do any of that because she's just, she's burned the relationship before he's even there. And it makes me think like, no wonder someone would have a reputation like that because they walk in with such a stink already. They're just so negative and they just hurl that negativity at you. You're not gonna foster any sort of positive relationship from that. And I think that that's like, you know, I think that's probably a reflection of her own lack of confidence and low self-esteem to immediately assume that people aren't good enough. Yeah, well, and then also like, now now you're on full alert, right? That, like you gotta watch your back with her because she'll throw you under the bus. Like that's evident right from the start, right? Yeah. That's, so now, you know, now it's like, she basically tipped her hand and, and threw all our cards on the table. Like, hey, I'm somebody you gotta look out for. I'm not your friend or your ally. <laughs> it's like, okay, glad I know early. <laughs> 
Yeah, and that's, that's the weirdest thing because we're on the same team. It's like, where's the fire? Where's the fire? Yeah. Like, you're just going to make one? You're just going to make one because you're bored? Just because, you know, I just don't get it. And I, like, in so many work situations, uh, it's always the same thing. There's always someone who comes in who's just, like, mean and angry for no reason that has anything to do with you and just, like, take it out on you. And I see a lot of times, like, women will pick up on that for the most part, but guys don't really see it so much. So if they're in a room and that's thrown at me, they just won't pick up on that that social cue, the way that I'll be like, oh, that sucked, you know, that was really awkward and uncomfortable and totally unnecessary. So it's just, you know. I have a guy that uh, I was on the fire department in our town here uh, back when I was like 18. And my friend and I both joined the fire department. And we took our fire attack classes and like, you know, became part of the department. I also took an EMT class. And, like, I really wanted to, like, help the community and, like, you know, be able to help people. And uh, there was this one guy who was, like, one of the upper leadership in the fire department. And every opportunity he had to, like, give my friend and I a bunch of crap, he would, you know. I'll yeah. never, like, like, the firehouse is set up, like, there's, like, a hangout room there. You can go hang out there anytime you want. There's a pool table there. My friend and I would go over and we play pool because, you know, it's a great way to blow some time. It's a free place to play pool. Um, yeah. We're over there one day playing pool. There's a cover on the pool table. And so you take the cover off to play, you put the cover back on, and you're done. Like, we went outside to have a cigarette. And, like, inside of two minutes, this guy comes outside screaming and yelling at us. We didn't put the pool table away before we left. We're like, we're not leaving. We're having a cigarette. He just went on for, like, maybe five minutes just screaming and yelling. And after that, both of us left the fire department because they're like, but, you know, this is a volunteer position. I'm here to help the community. I'm not here to hear that kind of crap because I go out for a cigarette for five minutes. Like, just, that's not even acceptable. Yeah. 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 I, I can't sorry, what was that? I just said it's a weird way to be. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, um, you know, like, in a pay position, or a volunteer position, it's just not okay to treat people like that. You know, there's no reason for it. And um, I had this conversation with one of the people I work with about my situation, but I think it applies here in any kind of situation here too, is like, no matter what's going on in your personal life to make you that angry, you have, you're responsible for yourself, your own emotional state. That's your business. You need to take care of that shit on your own time and understand how your actions impact other people. You can't come into a professional environment, or volunteer environment, any sort of interaction with people and take out your inner turmoil on some other person that is just, it's totally like misdirected and inappropriate. And it's, you know, you can't, especially with work, it's so unprofessional to behave like that. Like, why don't you just go out in your timeout, go into your timeout closet and sit in there for a little while, like a child, and think about your attitude. <laughs> go to your room and punch your pillow or whatever you need yeah. to like, get away. <laughs> and it's funny, uh, like, doesn't this all just go back to the golden rule? Like, treat others how you want to be treated, right? Like, that perspective is so easy to keep in mind. And... You know, I guess it's easy to get off of that track if you're in a bad state of mind. But all you got to do is think about, like, how, how am I coming across to another person? How would I want to be treated? Like, as soon as you ground out with that, it's like you realize how toxic that behavior is, right? Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like, when you do treat people poorly, you, you're often, like, that golden rule is set in place. Like, you will be treated poorly back for the most part. I mean, you know... Even in my case, I'm not going to do anything rude, but I'm certainly not going to engage unnecessarily. You never, you'll never have a warmth of any any warmth to the relationship if you're going to do that. So you know, like if you want to be treated like shit, fine, go right. Like because you're treating me like shit, that's kind of like what you're what you're going to get out of it, right? So and I think you know that also ties into energy too. If you're a really negative person, you're going to get negativity out of your environments, your interactions, you're just going to attract more negativity and any positivity there is, you're likely just going to bulldoze it with your own, you know, 
low vibration. Whereas if you're positive, it's amazing. Like when you, when you're positive, more positive things come, come towards you. And I'm not saying those overly positive, annoying people who are like, thank God my, my cat got run over. This is a blessing. You no, know, or like other weird stuff like that. That's a terrible example. But you know, people who are like, there's a silver lining to every horrible situation. And you're like, shut up and just be unhappy for like one second. And it's not that you shouldn't like, uh, you know, try to maintain that perspective and see the good out of the bad things that happen to you. But certainly you can definitely like go through a period of like frustration or hurt or anger, you know, in response to a situation that happens to you. It doesn't have to be like shiny and bright all day long because that's just not realistic. That's not life. (laughs) I know. Actually, I have kind of a funny story here. Um, One of the few times that I've been someone has tried to involve me in a cult um, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> when I was like uh, I don't know 25 or something um, I was in the neighborhood and I was taking a bus across the water to go to work one day and some person sits beside me and they're like oh you seem sad like here's a pamphlet and it was some like meditation thing and I'm like I don't know, maybe I could like use some friends. <laughs> so I went to this thing um, and the the leaders, the cult leaders, um, there, there were a couple too. Um, and they were just like the weirdest people who like any anything that, they're like, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, you know, crappy day or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And anything that I would say to them, I got this like weird response that was just so wishy-washy, like, oh, but the, the rays of sunshine on your face should just lighten your soul and come breathe with us and we'll chant and pray. And it was just like the weirdest, weird environment that was like so spaced out. Like, I don't know what they were on, but it was really bizarre. And it was actually so bizarre that I got very uncomfortable there because they made us like hug our neighbors, look deeply into their eyes and say i love you and that was like just so uncomfortable for me (laughs) yeah yeah that was not okay i I, that was one of those situations where you're in it and you immediately want to like find the door but find the door in like a respectful way that looks like you're you're just going to the bathroom but then you just (laughs) don't come back (laughs) go to the bathroom i'll be right back gone <laughs> that's actually not the first time that's happened to me when i was 18 there was another cult downtown that was like some one of my friends wrote me into going because it was like a i don't know like a workshop to like better your positivity or whatever and i remember being in this room sitting with all these people and someone was up on stage trying to like tell some heartfelt story and it was so cheesy and these people came out from like the side of the room with tissue boxes and started passing them around and people were like crying and dabbing their eyes and stuff and i i was like okay this is clearly a cult i need to get out of here so i like made the beeline for the bathroom and one of them like chased me down like where are you going where are you going you have to stay stay come in here and i'm like no 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 no. like i gotta go and i said something like my mom is calling me because i was like young young enough to have to go home right and they're like can't your mom wait and i'm like i'm just gonna go to the bathroom i'll be right back <laughs> and then i just like ran out the door <laughs> one of those moments when you wish you had the eject button like a fighter jet you could just <laughs> <pop out of laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like you just want to like get out as fast as you can i don't know what it is with people like like i don't i'm a magnet for cult leaders they just want me in all their cults i don't know why even like even recently, downtown Victoria, someone was telling me about like, oh, come to this workshop, like we'll breathe together. And I'm like, how many times have I heard that? <laughs> like, stop it. <laughs> I don't think I need your help. <laughs> I'm here on my own, thanks. Whatever that means. <laughs> Auto- autonomic nervous system, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, cults, cults, man, cults are weird. <laughs> strange, strange world, well, you know, like, I think about those stories and I think about like, uh, what was that cult, the Kool-Aid, the crazy, crazy cult where everybody like drank the Kool-Aid and died. Like, oh crap, I don't remember the name. How people end up in that situation. Like, 
I know, right? I get the warning signs as you're like going to these meetings or whatever. You know, at a point, don't you go, wow, something's not right here. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's how I felt in this, in this room, particularly the, the, you know, the couple that was the cult leaders or whatever. And you just, you hear shit come out of your mouth and you're, you just like, you have that weird sensation where it's like, Hey, this is starting to sound culty. Like if you have, if you're familiar with the concept of a cult immediately, you know, the red flags are going to go up and you're like, this is starting to sound culty. Um, and then like it progresses a little bit more and all of a sudden they want money and all of a sudden they're like, okay, you need to be doing this, this, this show, but this time, and it like, slowly pulls you out of your normal existence into this really weird, almost like isolated, but within the, you're isolated from the real their structure. Yeah. Yeah. And so you like, and the people around you, I can even say that this is the same thing with like, uh, uh, narcissistic relationships is you're cut off from your sense of reality and the people around you are all kind of in on it or they support the cult leader or you know in terms of like a narcissistic relationship that person who's abusing you and you just kind of believe that this is okay based off everybody else's reaction you're like am I the crazy one six people here are telling me this is normal you know so weird how there's uh, that like support structure for that kind of weird behavior it seems to like grow around a person like that it's like Mm-hmm. I wonder how did those people all like get, I don't want to say brainwashed, but it's kind of what it is, right? How did they get brainwashed or how do they let themselves be brainwashed or how do they brainwash themselves into that, into thinking like, that, that weird yeah. behavior is okay or, or normal, right? I think- like, like once you're surrounded by a bunch of people telling you that, I can see like, you know, like I've been there too, where it's like, am I the crazy one here? Why, why do I feel like a crazy person here? And like, mm-hmm. I feel like this. Like, I don't think I'm that crazy, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's it's total. It's like that that person who whatever it is, cult leader relationship. That person usually has a lot of power in the social circle. So, and is usually kind of a leader type, or like projects confidence enough that like people who are maybe a little bit more insecure or question their you know their security start believing in that person more and more and more until you have strong believers and that spreads word and you know all of a sudden you have a following of people and I, like as a youtuber right you could easily have that uh, power of suggestion over people if you wanted to and i know that there are a lot of youtubers out there who kind of use that power um for lack of a better term evil in some sense you know they manipulate like manipulating the audience you, you can do that a lot for like advertisements and and uh financial gain right so there's different uh varying degrees of cultism is that even a word i'm gonna say it is now yeah yeah that's interesting you mentioned that i never thought about it that way but yeah and i've definitely seen some instances of people like oh hi i love your show and it's just so like it's just a weird energy you get when people say that. It's like, I don't want to be famous. I'm not here to be famous. Like, mm-hmm. just my experience with people, and like, I put it up on YouTube. But, like, but I could see, like, if you were on a power trip, you know, I could see how you could definitely, like, exploit that kind of, like, basically look for people's weaknesses and exploit them. I mean, that's kind of yeah. these narcissistic type people. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I don't know if you want to go into this or if you want to keep it private, but especially like being on YouTube, uh, you know, attractive men, and whatnot, the uh, fangirl sort of weirdness, uh, stretching out to like even sending things to your home address. Yeah, I, I ordinarily would not share my home address with anyone, but uh, that happened because uh, I don't want to go into too much detail on it. But yeah, I've I've definitely seen some very strange behavior like yeah fangirls and like it that's something i never even expected like i just didn't it wasn't on my radar at all and like and all of a sudden there's this weird stuff coming in like messages to come in and then like you said like all of a sudden you know something shows up in my mail and i'm like i don't even know how to respond like what is this like i don't even want to think of this this is so strange like I don't know. It blows my mind that that, that happens still, I guess. I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. And to the person, if they know who they are and they're listening, 
by the way, I thought it was hilarious and I fully intend to frame it and put it up on my walls because it's amazing. <laughs> and personally, I found it very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm just sorry. For the record, just to be clear, <laughs> yeah. very uncomfortable for me. But you can send me those things. <laughs> I know you won't, but. Yeah, that was, uh, that was strange. But yeah, that whole behavior is, is weird. And I, I guess I could see if you were like out to exploit people, that, that would be an easy in to start that process, I guess, right? To start that cult like thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember like even, you know, being in a group of people, like a group of people after work and stuff, going out for a drink. And somehow I always seem to fall into this leader position. And it's really bizarre because I can see on, all, all of a sudden there's like a shift in the group dynamic. And they turn to me and they're like, so what now, Kylie? Where do we go? And I'm like, how, like, how did why? I get here? <laughs> you know? And I was like, wait, whoa, this is too much power already for me. I don't like this, you know. And I, I'll probably have the. I always seem to have the group's best in, intention at heart. I'm like, okay, well, this person needs to go see, a, get it into a bathroom. This person wants to go get food. Let's go find a restaurant that has both. But like, it's just weird when all of a sudden, like, you're in that leader position, and I think. Like, especially the type of person I am, I'd say I'm, I'm a, lot, a natural born leader. Like I do really well in directing people and you could definitely use that power for, for evil, basically. Yeah, I, I find myself in that position all the time too, where like uh, people almost want to make you a guru. You know, it's like, I don't want to be a guru. I don't want to be in charge. I'm totally not the kind of person who wants to be in charge of anybody. And I guess on one hand, maybe that's the best person to be in charge because you're not trying to like make everybody your pawn. Yeah. But that just makes me very uncomfortable for people to even look at me that way. And, and I'm same thing, you know, like I guess I'm a natural leader, you know, people look up to me. It's like, but I try never to exploit that or, or, you know, use that to hurt anyone or put anyone in a position where they're. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can definitely see. Um, I think I think I'm pretty hyper aware when people start to show their true colors and start manipulating a situation now based off of like many years experiences. of <laughs> work experiences and like profoundly shifting experiences of relationships that were so manipulative. Again, that narcissistic personality type that really thrives on manipulating people. Um, you know, twisting words, changing a situation, distorting it, some sort of, you know, stuff like that. So I've seen a lot of that now. And now I'm, those, those like warning signs are so obvious to me. And you see that a lot of that personality type too in business, because you have these people who are like in powerful positions, but there's like the, the narcissist really feels, uh, insecure deep down so you have these people who really abuse that power because they they feel shitty about themselves and so it's an easy kind of high for them an easy place where they can feel like they're in charge of people in charge of their life have power have uh, an image all that they're really attracted to that but you can really see it once you understand it the psychology behind it it's really easy to see that personality type and they you know once i encourage any everyone to research that and see as much learn as much as I can about it because when you see that you're no longer susceptible to that sort of behavior and it's really powerful to kind of have your walls up in terms of that because those people there are lots of them out there especially in this world of social media it really um accentuates it uh, yeah yeah and so yeah people learn about narcissism <laughs> it's handy <laughs> It's real handy, and there's lots of people out there that uh, have that weird thing going. And yeah, I, you know, same here. I've been in enough weird relationships where, it, like, that's like a flashing red light to me anymore. And you know, when I was younger, I was pretty naive to it. I just didn't see it. But now it's like, boy, I, I see those warning flags pop up like right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's Thank God, because I can steer away from that crap now. <laughs> exactly. You know, you get older, then making friends is easier. Avoiding crazy people is easier. You just see it really fast. You know, I've, I've met a few new people through work, and, like, I already know that, like, I don't want to be friends with certain people in that group. So 
So it's like, okay, I can see it already. I'm not going to waste my time going through like the, the heartbreak of being screwed over and, you know, so it's very important. I think it's really great to have that life experience to understand what it feels like to be burned, understand like different personality types and be able to identify them before you're wrapped into this messed up world. <laughs> yeah. And like, on the one hand, I wouldn't recommend anybody go out and have those crazy experiences. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, like they really will help you recognize those warning signs and steer away from people that are either not mentally healthy or that have these weird narcissistic personalities or are trying to manipulate you into something that you wouldn't otherwise be interested in or, or want to do. Mm -hmm. For anyone listening, a great resource for that, whether you've been through narcissistic abuse or if you're just interested in learning about what that really entails. Dr. Romani has a YouTube channel and um, she's a doctor based in Los Angeles, probably the most narcissistic place on the planet. So, so yeah, she has a lot of experience and she's amazing. So check her out if you're interested. Yeah, sure. Um, very, uh, very interesting uh, thing to study, especially once you've like had experience with it and, and you know, had a chance to understand it little bit deeper level it's one thing to study it and not have experience with it it's another to have you know to study it especially after you've had experience with it and you know to hear the perspective on it really opens your mind up to like what you actually went through and what what was actually going on in that situation in your past yeah because yeah, personally i remember in one of my relationships there were just so many events that happened to me that I could not make sense of it. Like, I just couldn't understand like how, why, what I did, why it ever happened to me, you know, and learning about this disorder, well, if you want to call it that, this personality type, um, that, you know, it wasn't, it was like, when I was learning about it, I would look back or think, think into like old experiences, and everything just kind of like clicked into place. And I was really just taken aback because it was just amazing to see like these situations talked about that were mirror images of something that I had gone through that made no fucking sense to me at the time. And then just to go through it again, come through it kind of with a therapist, not in therapy, but with, when like say Dr. Romani is describing a certain event and to understand that this is based off of somebody's really shitty personality and not myself really helped me process all of that and make sense of the trauma of that whole thing and kind of like, you know, close it and put it away. Puts it all in perspective for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, uh, that, like if anyone's been through uh, traumatic experiences like that, I definitely recommend they spend the time to like listen to Dr. Romney and there's plenty of other people out there that talk about this kind of stuff and boy, it'll really help you understand how you got where you did, mm -hmm. what you've actually been through. And like you say, process it, come to terms with it, kind of put it down so you can move on with your life and make better decisions in the future and have healthy relationships. Because mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, there's nothing more awesome than a healthy relationship, nothing more horrible than that. Yeah, yeah, well said. <laughs> well, uh, you want to take a, a break and we'll uh, be right back. Okay. Take a break, we'll be back. You're listening to Twin Flames, episode two, Kylie and Carlton. Welcome back, everybody, to Twin Flames. This is our second episode after our break with uh, Carlton and Kylie. And um, so I think we were touching on a little bit of internet behavior earlier, and I'd like to bring that back up and talk about um, internet stalking, which is very interesting and very terrifying. <laughs> very creepy indeed. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the internet really gives people um, kind of that veil of anonymity to hide behind to peer into your into your life. And um, I, I guess a little bit of backstory. Personally, I've never had I've never really had Facebook. Maybe a little off and on here and there. Instagram never stuck with me. Even LinkedIn didn't st stick with me. Um, I'm always changing my emails. I'm always changing my phone number for a long time because whenever I would have a relationship that went south 
and it would end, I would find people internet stalking me, um, get notifications of someone looking at my profile, um, you know, and it just kind of makes you think like, why? Is it curiosity? Well, sometimes maybe it was, but it, for me, um, I had friends tell me, friends who lived near me tell me these exes would be, you know, stalking my apartment, they'd be calling me, uh, they'd be emailing me, um, they would basically just be trying to look into my life, uh, find out where I work. Um, if I moved, a lot of times I did move too, they'd be trying to find out my new address and the internet just really provides um, a platform for people who want to follow you, they want to see your life uh, and makes it more accessible to get that information on where you might be, how they can communicate with you. And I found it was really difficult having any sort of social media to set those boundaries and keep them maintained because there was always a way that someone could communicate with me if they tried hard enough. Simply blocking wasn't enough. You know, if you're blocking, it doesn't matter, just create a new account, right? Just get another phone or phone number, borrow your friend's phone, star, what, 60, 62 or 61 when you cover up your number. There's always ways around that sort of uh, being blocked if you want to touch base with someone. So. In my experience, the internet has really just been difficult to keep uh, the privacy um, of my life. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I've been through that too. I've been through real stalking and internet stalking. And while real stalking is very terrifying, <laughs> come home and find somebody on your doorstep, you broke mm -hmm. up, go, and there they are, and demanding your time. That's very creepy and scary. But like the internet, it's like, man, it's like, it's like you can never get away from it. You know, they keep popping up, popping up. It's just like, oh, aren't we done with this? Didn't we put this down? Like, we can't move on? I don't understand mm -hmm. why we can't move on, you know? Mm -hmm. Very strange, very strange. And like you say, that, that, uh, the anonymity that the internet provides, it's like, you know, on the one hand, that's a great tool to be able to look up information and not, like, not to be concerned about else knowing what you're looking up whatever but on the other hand like the ability for someone to be able to follow you and you don't even know they're following you like that's great yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah it, it really almost breeds um an obsession too like if you if you have an idea of someone on the internet or even if it's an ex or you know if it's never actually met like especially being having internet personalities and stuff like a part of me and a part of you is here on the internet it doesn't mean that's really who we are it's part of us but they don't know the full story or the full person behind that but having an obsession with this idea of someone to the point where like you say things on the internet you wouldn't say to someone's face so you, can, you know get away with a lot more and it can be really unsettling i remember uh you know we there was one person from a group that we were both in um, and he would say like inappropriate things to me from time to time and I, I told him you know don't don't say this to me I find it like really uncomfortable and then he'd he'd uh he'd kind of stop for a little bit longer but then he would say things that were like subtle and kind of like almost like a bunch of dots for me to connect and I just found that it just wasn't really something that was going away or staying away. It just kept resurfacing. And, you know, if it was in real life, that's the kind of guy who'd probably get an ass kicking, but he, he can hide and continue to do this stuff um, and get away with it as long as, like, you know, as long as there was the online connection there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like you had set a boundary and, like, that it was instead of like, okay, there's a boundary there, I should back off. It was like, oh, there's a boundary there. How can I dance around that boundary without crossing it? Like, mm -hmm. right? it's like this weird thing about like, oh, there's a boundary. Well, let me just see if I can sneak around the corner here and just like fire a spitball across every so often, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, just putting this out there, because um, I feel like it, uh, for anyone who's listening, I am taken. I will be married soon to this lovely man in front of me. 
and please stop sending me messages that are weird. I don't appreciate them, and I don't need you to tell me how you think I look. I don't, and I don't want to hear it. Don't talk to me like that. Talk to me like you would talk to your brother. And I'm going to say that myself. I don't want to be stalked. I'm not interested in anyone else. I'm in love with Kylie, and that's who I'm going to be with. And if you don't like that, there's the door. Hit it. Yeah. So please just leave us alone. <laughs> Very happy together and we want to continue that. We don't want anyone interfering with that. We're trying to interfere with that because I can assure you, you will not interfere with that. Yeah. And it just, it's just gross. So just like stop being that gross person. Please and thank you. So anyway, that's just a little side note. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, uh, you know, it's, it's a weird thing and, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of these sites are like trying to figure out a way to manage that, but it's hard to try to manage that and and still maintain that freedom of information and, and freedom of exchange, right? Like I, I don't know how you balance that from an administrator perspective. It's really you need people in the society to recognize boundaries and uh, you know recognize them and uh, adhere to them or uh, respect them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely difficult from like a, a moderator's point of view because you want people to be able to express themselves, but not at the expense of others. And I think, I don't know, personally, like, I'm okay with people putting it out there, like what's, what's, at, what's been directed at me. But then again, it's, it's my responsibility to say, hey, fucking quit it, you know? And if I don't, then I can walk away. I can't expect someone to police everyone around me, but I can only be accountable for my actions and and my involvement in the situation and if it's uncomfortable well i'm getting out so and i think that goes for like every situation you can't control people but you can control your response to it right yeah you can you can control how you act around them you control how you interact with them and mm -hmm. it sets a boundary you need to be respectful of that because you would want them to be respectful of your boundaries, right mm -hmm. it's like it's a two-way two street again it's back to that treat others how you want to be treated. It's such a simple rule. I don't know why it's so hard for people to get it. <laughs> I know. You know, it makes me think, like, if someone's ever, like, creepy to me again, I should just be creepy to them back, but in the worst way. Like, if they're going to be sexual creepy to me, I want to be, like, just really awful and bizarre. Like, death-obsessed and, like, talk about, like, Satan and shit. Just, like, really fucking creepy that's, like, so unsettling that they just, like, leave me alone. <laughs> The sad part is I've seen people try to use that and that doesn't even work. Sometimes that makes it worse. It's like, man, if, what do you do with a person where you like try to creep them out back and they just get more excited? Like, go away. Oh, right. And at that point, you're like, wow, this just got even creepier. Yeah, because I definitely have said something really creepy to someone in response to what they had said to me to like fuck with them a little bit. But then they like liked it. And then I was like, block. <laughs> Well, yeah, you're better to just set a boundary and then, you know, if they cross a boundary, don't respond. Because, like, it seems like when you try to go down that pathway to, like, reverse the creep, it doesn't work. It almost, like, amplifies their interest. It's like, oh, no, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> you just create a monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a weird world out there, for sure. <laughs> it is, it is. It's a, there's no shortage of creepiness. No shortage at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, what do you say? Should we wrap it up for today and um, close up episode two? I think so. I think so. I think we'll call it an episode. And uh, thank you to our audience for listening. Appreciate your support. I hope you found this interesting or uh, a good discussion. I hope it helps someone along their way, along their pathway. And uh, Hope you respect other people's boundaries as you would want them to respect yours. And uh, if you've dealt with people who are narcissistic, I hope uh, you'll look into the psychology of that and understand it better because it'll give you some good perspective and help you make better decisions in the future. Well said. Well, thanks for watching and or listening. Um, and yeah, we hope to see you for episode three, which will likely be just as scattered. So enjoy. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a great evening.